Okay, let's get into our discussion of Parshas Korach, Tavshin Pei Aleph. Again, next week, I'm not sure which night. I think all my nights are filling up quickly, so I'm not sure. It'll be up there either at night or if we have to do it uh, privately, I'll get it up at, at some point. And then after that, Be'ez Hashem, the next couple of weeks will be uh, Be'ez Hashem from, uh, from camp, from, uh, from Camp Kaley. Uh, that'll be the next uh, month and a half after that, but here, next week we'll still be in Eretz Yisrael. I just don't know uh, the June weeks get uh, get busy. Okay, let's do <coughs> Parshas Korach. And we just start off with a one-liner from the Kutzker. The Kutzker tells us on a Pasuk later in the Parsha in Pasuk Yud Aleph, Pasuk Yud Aleph, where Moshe Rabbeinu is <coughs> responding to the uh, Korach and his uh, cohorts and the group, and they come and they say... We want this position and we want that position. And Moshe says, Aaron Mahu Kisalinu Alav. Aaron Mahu. It's an unusual lashon. Aaron Mahu. What is he? Kisalinu Alav. What does that lashon mean? The Aaron Mahu. So the Kutzker says in source one. Again, Emes Vemuna is a uh, collection of the uh, Kutzker thoughts. Aaron Mahu Kisalinu Alav Hainu. Ha'im yodim atem mahu aron sh'atem boim lachlogalav va'aron mahu. What is aron? Do you have any idea what aron akoin is? Do you have any idea who aron is that you're complaining against him? You have no hasaga, Korach, and your group. Aron mahu. What is he? He's 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 from a different planet. He's a different person. Kisalino love, and you're complaining. You're trying to take his space. Very often in life, we have no idea really who a person is. We have no idea what's behind a person. We think we know a person, but there's so much depth. Maybe it's Hashkacha, it just hit me. There was a, there was a drasha um, decades ago that Rev Salvecha gave. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh. And he gave a drasha once for someone called, he was Rosh Chodesh man. Why was he Rosh Chodesh man? What is uh, Rosh Chodesh man? Um, uh, what's the special quality? Rosh Chodesh doesn't have Kedusha. We don't wear big day Shabbos v'yantif. There's no Isra Malacha. But we bring a carbon Musaf. And it's a special day. It's a special day that's private. And nobody realizes it's special, but it's special. Right? Mitzvah laharbos, besudas Rosh Chodesh, the Shulchan Aruch says. So if Salvechik said, this man is Rosh Chodesh man. Because on the outside, he looked like a weekday. He looked like regular. But behind, underneath, there was something there that many people didn't know. So va'aron, ma'hu, kisalino olaf. Aaron, who is he? Do you know... Do you know who he is, Korach? That's the cut skirt. Don't start up with Aaron Cohen, and maybe we could take the message for so many people um, that we meet as well. Okay, we're going to spend a number of um, thoughts this week on Korach in general and the message and what exactly was the uh, the hate. What was different about this Machlokas? You know, many times already, Rachman uh, al-Islan, B'nai Yisrael, have complained to Moshe Rabbeinu. In Parshas B'Shalach, you know, they complained. In last week's Parsha, we had the Meraglim. In Parsha's Baloscha, we had the Misonanim and the Asafsuf. So there's been a record and a history. But this was the first time that Moshe reacted as he did. This was the first time. Moshe usually davens. Moshe usually, um, you know, tries to get them to do tshuva. What does, Rashi, what does Moshe do here? Does he fall on his face? What does he do? But he called on Moshe Aaron by Yomalim. Rav Lachem, he called the Kulam Kadoshim. For Yishma Moshe v'Yipal Aponav. Rav Yipal Aponav. For Yidaber Al Korav Al Kolas Olimar. Tomorrow, 
Hashem's going to prove it. And he basically demands the miracle that occurred. Moshe never did this before. What was unique about this machlokas of Korach that was obviously, as we know, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, this was the machlokas shalol l'shem shamayim. Uh, so what is it uh, about this? It says Rabbi Steinzaltz, uh, Zechorna Lavracha, we're still within, uh, within the first year of his uh, Petira. It says Rabbi Steinzaltz in source number two. Ein zu apama rishon shacholkim al Moshe. Heitzika lo kvar kama pamim. Many times. His lona nu alav, his kota tu ito. They fought with him. This merit, okay, this is not what we're going to focus on, but this is, who, who's arguing here? The Nisim. This is, this is the brunt. Right, this reaction is, is much worse. Right, Moshe does not know fell upon He is not mitchanein. Right, what does he do? He says, I, "I'm going to create a miracle, and you're going to see. You're going to see what exactly uh, was chosen by a kaddish baruch So, what is unique? So, Rabbi Steinzaltz points out three differences, three unique characters, not in a good way, but three unique characters to this machlokes as compared to as compared to others. Number one. Says Rabbi Shainzos on 27, line 27. Hatam adam karov. Here it's not strangers. Here it's not people who have a um, no specific relationship. These are Moshe's cousins, right? These are these are close bnei dodim of his. They're attacking. If somebody doesn't like me, fine. Somebody doesn't like me. Right? Now, who's, who's beloved by all? Remember the Gemara Masechah's Ksubis? If there's a rabbi that every single person in the congregation loves, he must not be doing his job. Because he's got to give some muster. He's got to give some, he's got to stand up and on principle. So, if there's somebody that doesn't like someone else, okay, everybody out there. Nobody has, everybody's their best friend. Aval. Somebody who's supposed to be close to me. Somebody who's supposed to be on my side. That's something else. David HaMelech had both. David HaMelech, Shenitkal gam hu b'vetziyaz kazu. Mevatet ha'agasha zu gam ish shlomi asher patachti bo. Right, David HaMelech, when he has enemies from other nations, that's one thing. But his own son, his own advisors that go to the other side, Right, Avshalom Achitofel. That's that's already a different level of of, of feeling. Kach Gamitzal Moshe Ad Achshav Hamachlokes Bechol Pamayu Anashim Achirim Zarim Umoshe Betzem Yochol Lisiachesi LeBeshivya Nafesh. Moshe could be, you know, could 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 deal with it objectively. Avol Korach Einenu Adam Zar. He's David's Karov Mishpacha. He's Moshe's David Karov Mishpacha, and therefore it's different. These same group of people. Not so long ago, Mila Shemilai by the Eagle. They all came to his side. They all helped him take care of business after Chet Egel. Korach and everybody was with him and the rest of his family. And yet here it switched. Number one difference between this Machlokas and others. Number two. Number two, and this is so uh, perceptive by, again, it's obvious, Barbara Steinzels formulates it. Every single machlokes up until now pitted people who are arguing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe were put together. This is the first time that there's a split. That the people arguing, believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they're taking Moshe down. And they say Moshe is not being faithful. The Misora is being called into question now. The connection between HaKadosh, we believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but your giving of the Torah and your giving of instructions and setting up the system that we're working with, that's being called into question and that is very dangerous. You want to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, fine. But the other animamin is that this is Torah Menashemayim and Moshe gave it to us exactly how HaKadosh Baruch Hu dictated it to us. And Moshe hears that and realizes this is very dangerous. This pernicious attitude could could so could so um, lack of trust and doubt in the entire Shalshelas Hamasora. And I need to show that this is not this does not have any basis. Now let's read his words. Sano Sav shall Yuchun Machlokas, who etzamataino Shishlakorach on the left side. Shain Harbe Yoter Machigos Lachas, Mikotaina Kheras. Right, this is much farther. Much farther. Up until now, what were they complaining about? We want water, we want food, we want meat. Okay, they're complaining and they're not they're not uh <laughs> talking properly. But what are they saying now? Moshe, your appointment. Your appointment is faulty. We don't think Hashem told you to do that. It can't be. It's not fair. Hashem would never have done said such a thing. Hashem told me, if, Moshe, if Hashem would have told me to anoint anybody, whoever it was, I would have done it. It was against Hashem and it was against Moshe. They're scared, even by the Miraglim. We're going to lose. You know, we're scared. We don't want to go in. When they believed, they believed in both. When they complained, they complained on both. But you added on. You know, the rabbis added on things. We'll take the Torah Shavich We'll take basic bare bones uh, that, uh, from uh, the written law. And that's Chomer Ma'od. To break the connection between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Mesiris HaTorah. You know, that's part of our emuna. Turning to the next page. It's not like a, a side point, Derech Aga, that we rely on Moshe. That's one of the animamins. One of the animamins is Moshe's Nevu is unique. What does that mean? That he had a special connection to Hakadosh Baruch. What a separate animamin. That the Torah that we have is exactly Moshe Rabbeinu is the Shliach. Even the Miraglim says Rabbi Steinzaltz. Never, never argued on this. Okay, they were scared. We can't do it. They didn't believe in themselves. They didn't say that Hashem, you know, Moshe's, the instructions were wrong, that he heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And this was to separate Moshe and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And again, it wasn't being done out gaiva that Moshe was like, oh, they're arguing against me. No. Moshe was nervous for the, for the Torah that was given to Am Yisrael because that was in danger. The Misora was in danger and therefore Moshe had to act quickly to make sure that these, these doubt wasn't sown in for, for generations. Number two. So number one, it was relatives. That made a difference. Number two, they were splitting Moshe and Aaron. It was the Mesorah. And finally, the third difference, the third uniqueness of this Machlokas, Nekuda Shlishis, Hakshura Gamlamashek Farnemar, Shekorach Va'adaso Mishtamshim, Bemida Misuyemet, Bidvarv Shal Moshe Rabbeinu Ba'atzma. Korach is being very sly, very, you know, using uh, tricks, He's using Moshe's own words against Moshe. What did Moshe say to Esau in Parshas Baloscha when all of those Nevi'im were having prophecy and everybody said, what's going on here? And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Halavai, everybody should be Nevi'im. Halavai, amazing. Korach picks up on that and says, we're all prophets. We're all on the level. Here we are, 250 men. He was using Moshe's own words against him. Look, you said it. What's, what's the message? What's the message? Says the, says of Steinsaltz. Continuing, we're not going to read the whole thing, but turning the next page. He says, Mitachas Lasismaot. He says, sometimes leaders right, use certain types of slogans and phrases that people like to hear, but underneath, underneath it's so not that. Korach says, Kulam Kedoshim. Korach says, We could all do it. He uses all the right lingo that Moshe knew that you know, or Korach knew that Moshe would have wanted to hear, but but underneath it was just the opposite. Just the opposite. What does he say? Kulam Kedoshim. But what was Korach into? He was in it for his own power. Right? He went around telling everybody it was for everybody else, but really it was, it was not. Right? He was using all of the, all of the phrases. Korach Vadaso on the left side. Mishtamshim besismaot shein l'shem shamayim. Achzeh adayin lo'omar shashorash machlokas yibemes kazeh. So often, when people are involved in a machlokas, shalol l'shem shamayim, what is said is not what is meant. And therefore, one has to be so careful uh, when it comes to a machlokas like this, where Korach is involved, shelo l'shem shamayim. Just related to that, uh, the stipler writes in the Birchas Paris exactly what, what uh, just cont- continuing this idea, that he basically said the op- opposite of what he really meant. Continuing the third idea. Look at source number six. Iker, his, he quotes the Rashi, right? What was Korach interested in? He was jealous, he was upset. That he didn't get the position. What, he wanted to share the position with 250 others? No. He yearned for the position. Right? And he thought that he was, it was appropriate for him. Right, when the people have ma'alim achlokes, ikr kavanasan, right, adarab, aton behefech, shudeket isnasus, I'm not above anybody else. Right, and that mixes themselves up, that mixes everybody up, and that's, that was the downfall of Korach. Okay, one idea. Few ideas, but one thought. Let's keep going. 
Let's keep going and let's go back to the first Rashi or even the first word. Vayikach Korach, the Medrash already has bothered the first two words of the parasha. Korach took, what he take? Doesn't say what he took. Just says he took. Vayikach Korach, there's no object in the Pasuk. So Rashi quotes, Parsha, this is, this is a very unusual Rashi. What does Rashi mean by this? This is not our topic now. But uh, the first Rashi in the Parsha requires much elaboration. Rashi never does something like this. Parsha zu yafin nidrashas b'medrash rabbi tanchuma. Rashi says, there's a great medrash on this Pasuk. Yeah, go look for it. Just quote it for me or don't quote it for me. What, Rashi's rating? Doesn't Gemara and Erevin say you're not supposed to rate? Right? So why does Rashi here say that, you know, this, this Medrash Tanchuma is Yafeh? Obviously there's something much deeper about that Rashi. But the next Rashi. Vayikach Korach, Lokach es atzmo echad. He took himself to one side. Lios nechlak mitocha eida. Laora lakahuna. He took, he took himself, Rashi says. He separated himself. And that's what the uncle says. This plague. This plague Korach, he separated himself to argue on the, uh, kahuna. That's what he took. Ber Yosef says maybe there's another idea. Maybe there's another idea that he took something, that he got something in return. Says the Ber Yosef, Ber Yosef Misalat. L'chora, well, he quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the, the line, Omer Yishlakish, Lokach Mekach Ra La'atzmo. He got a bad deal. Lokach Mekach Ra. What was the deal? What did he get? What did he get that was the bad deal? L'chora ain't a move on. What kind of Lashon and Mecca? What was the bad deal? Lashon Mecca, Shaykh al Misha Lokech Ezedavar, Meshachashalav Kitovu. What is Mecca Ra? I made a bad deal. I took something and I, you know, I got the wrong end of the bargain. That's usually what Mecca is. So did, did Korach make a deal here? Did he get something? Mecha means that you got something, but it was just ra. But here, he didn't get anything. Did he? He just died. He went down into the hole. So says the Ber Yosef, something very creative. Says the Bar Yosef, first he quotes the Rashi on Pasuk Zion. What caused Korach to have this mistake? What caused him to be To'eh? Below Tibshim HaYushkach Yisra Bam Shekibol Emlakari. Right? They weren't foolish. Korach was a smart man. For Korach Shepikech HaYamarolus Shtuzu. What would made him do this? Ela Eno Hitato. His eye caused him to be mistaken. We'll get back to that Washon a little bit later. Keep that in mind. But that's the Lashon. What do you see? His eye here means, according to Rashi, his Ruach HaKodesh messed him up. He saw tremendous descendants that came from him. Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel Hanavi was a lady that came from Korach. As the Pasuk says, we say it Friday night, Moshe Aaron Bakoanov, Ushmuel Bakari Shemo. Says Korach to himself, look at my descendants. Obviously, I'm supposed to have a higher position. Obviously, there's been a mistake here. I'm going to fight for it. Bishvilon inimlat. I see Shmuel and Avi. It must be that I'm a great tzaddik, and therefore I'm going to fight for it. The Esrim, the Arba Mishmaros, Omdimim, Nebanov, Kulam, Isnabim, Baruch HaKodesh. Look at all these great people coming from me. Efshar Kalagdula, Zosa, Sidla, Mobi, Mani, Vani, Adum. I'm going to be quiet? That's why he got up. Lokach Nishtatev, Lavol, Osa, Chazaka. 
Shashama, BP Moshe, Shakulam Omdivech, Nimlar. I'm the man. Until the end, he was convinced that because of what he saw in the future, in Ruach HaKodesh, he was going to be saved. So the Bar Yosef quotes that he heard in his younger years. Vishamati bimeinu urai b'shem echon migdoli Yerushalayim b'dorakodem. He doesn't quote who. He quotes one of the earlier Chachme Yerushalayim. Lamaisa, so why wasn't he saved? Bishchus his descendants. He had such great descendants. Shmuel Hanavi, all the Leviim. So that's amazing. So how did that work? How did they come from Korach? And if they were so, such great Sadiqim, so why didn't they protect their ancestor? Why wasn't Korach right? So explains the Bar Yosef in the name of this Godal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has it all figured out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not withhold schar from any little thing that we do b'kavana or even shalom b'kavana. Especially in the world of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. If I, Rahman al-Islam, cause a Chil Hashem, I'm going to have to pay for it even if that was not my intention. I cause a Chil Hashem and Kiddush Hashem. If I cause a Kiddush, somebody saw me Right? And there was a, a Kiddush Hashem. They tell a story about a man who was inspired to get stuck up because he saw somebody davening very hard at the Kotel. So the guy went back to his town and gave stuck up. This guy down at the Kotel has no idea. After 120 years, he's going to go up to Shemayim and say, why are you giving me the schar? I had nothing to do with it. He's like, no, no, somebody saw you and was inspired. So Kiddush Hashem, even without Kavana. So says the Bar Yosef, the even though, of course, Korach was terrible. A terrible Avera. And what he did was terrible to be machish nubuaso v'taraso. And he got a terrible onesh by being swallowed up in the ground. Lamaisa, though, after what happened to Korach, that was a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. Through his actions, God's name was sanctified. That wasn't his kavana. That was the opposite of his kavana, one might say. But Lamaisa, a tremendous Kiddush Hashem came out of Korach. That's why he was Zoha to Shmuel Hanavi and all of those descendants. Flip it on its head, says the Ber Yosef. Says Korach, I see in the future I have all these descendants, it must be I'm going to be saved for them. No! You see all those descendants because the Kodesh Baruch knows what's going to happen. And those descendants are because of the Kiddush Hashem that you caused through your death. Because of you, Korach, people say Moshe Emes the Saraso Emes. And because of that, he got schar. And that's why the Gemara in Gittin. I have a number of people, right? Me b'nei banav shalhaman, the descendants of Haman, learned Torah in b'nei Brak. How did that happen? Because looking back, the story of Purim caused a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. So obviously Haman was punished and everybody was punished. But Gdola, right? Haman got everybody to, to, to have achtos. Remember the Gemara in Megillah? Haman's getting the ring would cause more tshuva than 48 Nevi'im caused Klai Yisrael. Nobody listens to the Nevi'im, but Haman Tsaris, that's it, everybody does tshuva. So what Haman did, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives schar even for that. So that was Korach's mistake. That was Korach's mistake. On the next page, 
Source number eight. Ula bedavar zeta akorach shu chashav de biglal b'schus hashal shelas hagadola yinatol v'yir nimlat. It's exactly the opposite. Adaraba dafka mishum shenevad v'nenas brofa norek hazeh. That's why this shalshelas, right? Uh, this shalshelas came out. That's the mekachra. What did he get? He got the sentence, but it was a mekachra. He got Shmuel Anavi and he got all this and he caused a kiddush Hashem. But that was that was a bad deal he made. Would have been better if he didn't make that deal. And again, we're not getting into oh, it's Hashem new, bechira chavshis, Hashem new. Okay, that's a separate question that we're not going to get into now. How did he have, still have free choice? If Hakadosh Baruch knew about it, okay. But he had free choice. But that's the message of um, of Korach. And by the way, what do you see from here? Says the Bar Yosef, which is such a such a strong message for us. Also, knowing and having ruach hakodesh doesn't always work out for the best. Now, sometimes we wish we knew the future. Sometimes we wish that you know, if I just know what's going to happen, you know, go back in time and. I can make a lot of money, and I could, uh, I would do much better. Sometimes knowing the future doesn't, it's not such, doesn't work out so well. It didn't work out well for Korach. There are midrashim about Shlomo HaMelech also, about uh, people who understood the, uh, the, the talk of the wind and the angels. But that's what he says. It's one of the greatest levels to have the, uh, the level of Ruach HaKodesh. But it could also be on the t- source number nine now. Because those Efshar Gamkin Lafamim Shetehe Sibalahakshilo Ulahapilo Khasvashalam Bimikshol, it could cause problems. And he said it's a very similar suggestion could be made for the Miraglim in last week's parsha. One of the Pshatim of the Miraglim, again, we're not going to read it to save time. Again, a number of the sources tonight are, are very long, that's why it's more pages than usual, even though it's always the same number of thoughts. It's always seven or eight thoughts, but sometimes it's three pages, sometimes it works out to be 12 pages, just the way the, the length of the sources are. But says the Bar Yosef, the, one, the, the Nesim saw, Baruch Kadsham, that they weren't going to be Nesim when they went into Eretz Yisrael. They were going to lose their position. And they don't want to lose their position. Deep down, they didn't want to lose their position. If they made up this whole story, that they're not going to go to Eretz Yisrael. Explains the Bar Yosef, maybe the reason that they were going to lose their position was because of the Chetz of the Miraglim. And that's why they saw that they were going to lose their position. Exactly the opposite, but parallel to the Korach story. And if they wouldn't have known, they would have just done right, maybe they wouldn't have lost their, their, uh, the future. Again, seeing the future is never clear. We never know. Remember by Yosef and the, uh, and, and the, the interpreters of the dreams with Paro, they saw the future also, but they saw the dream and they, they couldn't put it together. Because what could, what could be, what will be. So this is the suggestion of the Miraglim as well. Um, as he describes. The one that it worked well with, maybe, was Chizkiyahu HaMelech. He quotes at the end, remember the Gemara in Brachas Dafyud, expanding on what the, what the, the Navi talks about. Chizkiyahu HaMelech was on his deathbed. Why? Yeshayahu Navi goes to visit him. Why am I dying? Because he didn't have children. But what do you mean? I saw Baruch HaKodesh that I'm, my son's going to be Menashe. And he's going to be one of the worst kings in Avodah Zarah. And he's going to kill his own grandfather, meaning you, Yeshayahu. He didn't tell him that. But he murdered his own grandfather. This is the kid I want to have? What does Yeshayahu tell him? You do what you're supposed to do. That's not your business. That's not your business. And what happened? He did, and he had an extra 15 years added onto his life. So it's the opposite. 
He said, forget the Ruch HaKodesh. I'm just going to do the mitzvah in front of me. And HaKadosh Baruch listened. But this is the um, message of the Bar Yosef. Okay. Next thought. Third and final thought in general of I mean, the whole parsha we're going to spend about, uh, about Korach. Um, even though there's a lot more, we're not going to get to all of the, uh, the mitzvahs later on, but every year we have different focuses. Says Rav Yeruchim, Vayikach Korach, he starts quoting with the Ramban. Quoting with the Ramban. Because of the Ramban. Kinas Korach, when it's Yusuf Shalai Safan ben Uziel, Amna Maisa Mikfar in Source 11. Miyosem Or Bamid Sinai. Korach could have argued on this appointment. This appointment was much earlier. But Korach waited. Korach did not complain right away. He didn't complain right away. Why? Because until this moment in time, says the Ramban, they loved Moshe. There wasn't a crack in the loyalty. They were with him. They trusted him. Nobody would have listened to him. Korach knew he didn't have a shot. He didn't have any chance earlier, says the Ramban. Therefore, he waited for the opportune time. He waited for when he thought that Bnei Yisrael would felt low when they realized they're not going into Eretz Yisrael, when they realized they're depressed, they're upset. Korach says, now's my chance. That's the Ramban. That's the Ramban. Says Rav Yeruchim, Nifla ha'inyin lehis orer. It's amazing. They're in a bad state. Why are they in a bad state? Because of Moshe? No. But when somebody's upset, it's always good to look for somebody or something to blame. And Korach was going to pick up on that. It was their own fault. Moshe told him to go into Eretz Yisrael. He, he, he tried his best. And he, and he even got them saved and forgiven partially and not all destroyed in the plague. And yet, Korach knew that human nature is to always look for a scapegoat, either for an excuse or for people. They're going to hate Moshe for this? They were the ones. Moshe, Moshe couldn't, couldn't, you know, he couldn't save them totally. He couldn't save them totally, but he davened for them, he tried. It's like a sick person goes to a doctor, and the doctor says, take this medicine three times a day. The rofi was a mumcha gadol, but the, the patient didn't listen. The patient didn't take the medicine. He nailed up a sofa, and then, then he got, a, got sicker, he died. What, he's going to get upset at the doctor? I, I gave you instructions. What do you want from me? Most of them told him what to do. You're going to blame the doctor? You're going to blame Moshe Rabbeinu? If I can, I will. Because in life, we always look for excuses. And we always look for other people. Rabbi Frand, and his one, one of his farm on the Parsha, expands on this Ramban and Rav Yeruchim, that Korach wanted to ride the wave of resentment that you know, uh, was occurring in Kala Yisrael at the time. And that's what Rav Yeruchim says here. Rav Yeruchim deduces that there was a tendency in Kala Yisrael to shift the blame and to resent the person whom they perceive to be the cause of their troubles. If I could find an excuse, then I could shirk any responsibility that I have. Says Rabbi Frand, Nowadays, everyone and his uncle is a victim. Modern psychology has taught us that no one is ever at fault for his misdeeds. Everyone's a victim of his upbringing. 
One person's father was abusive. The next fellow's mother didn't hug him enough. One person had a Rebbe who looked at him the wrong way in first grade. Another couldn't handle the amount of homework that his fourth grade history teacher assigned. Are, are there some cases that there's something serious? Of course. Of course. But there's an Ein Ladover Sof attitude that my friend is discussing. There's an Ein Ladover Sof attitude. He talks about a, you know, um, a, um, a conversation he witnessed. Was discussing his upbringing with a teenager, a kolo, uh, a man learning in kolo. When the kolo fellow mentioned that his elementary school principal had punished him and his friend by banging their heads together, the teenager immediately exclaimed, "Wow, what a waste! You had such a good excuse to go off the derrick." What's that mean? Right? He's, Rabbi Fran calls this the Generation V, right? The victim generation. There's always an excuse why I can't do it. Obviously, Rahman al-Islam, there are serious cases that are, you know, that one has to deal with, with serious abuse or serious... But often, it's just an excuse. And often our society looks for ways to take away responsibility from, from people. Rabbi Lamb says the same idea in his Haggadah. In Source 15, we mentioned this in Haggadah this year about five, six years ago. The Torah never mentions Paro's name. Paro was the name of the position. It never mentions which Pharaoh, right, all of historians, archaeologists, which Pharaoh was the one that did it. We don't know which one. It remains for Egyptologists to identify him, says Rabbi Lamb. And they are not all of one mind, right? Who is it? Considering this important role in the narrative, one wonders why his title is always used, but his name never, says Rabbi Lamb. Had his name been provided by the Torah, historians and psychologists and novelists would have speculated about him, especially his childhood, suggesting probable reasons for his atrocious behavior. He was weaned too early or too late. He had a harsh father. His mother was overprotective. All these excuses. But for the Torah, it is irrelevant. No matter what his upbringing, we ought judge a person, especially a leader, by his or her actions and insist upon accountability. By providing a name and thus an identity, we open the door to excuses and thence to the erosion of personal responsibility. Right? That's, that's not what we do. Korach waited because he knew that's human nature. But we have to do what we can to conquer that and to take responsibility and to help our children and our grandchildren and our friends and our co-workers take responsibility. Be understanding, but understanding doesn't mean able to do you know, whatever one wants. And that's a crucial message for, for our generation. Okay. So, they call on Moshe of Aaron. They all came to Moshe and Aaron and says, Rav Lachem, Kulam Kedoshim. The Darkie Musser here discusses, again, something that's obvious, but it's always, it's always good to review. Because what exactly was the sin of Korah? So, Bezrem Shabbos, Bezrem Shabbos will talk in Shul about the Kinnah. But if we focus on another aspect of, of Korach specifically, there was a taiva that he had. And his taiva was for power. And his taiva was for a position. Redifa sakavod. Kina, taiva, and kavod. Motzinas adam in olam. The Muslim Shisharam talks about kavod in Parakid Aleph and says there are so many people in history that have been destroyed because of their Ratzon for honor. Right? We know the story of Yeravim Benavat. Remember the Gemara in Sanhedrin? Kodesh Baruch Hu goes to Yeravim. HaKodesh Baruch Hu speaks to Yeravim in Gan Eden. 
right, or an offer to Gan Eden. He must have been on a tremendously high level. If Hashem speaks to Yeravam, he says, Yeravam, you know what? I've cleared my schedule. You, me, and Ben Yishai will take a walk in Gan Eden together. How does that sound? And Yeravam says, who's walking first? Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Ben Yishai Barosh. If so, I'm not interested. In the offer, in the offer, Yeravam is mentioned first. Really, Yeravam was first. But the Bali Musr say he wanted to hear it again. Who's going first? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that's your attitude. Ben Yishai Barosh. Because that's what Kavod does. Kavod makes us not think straight. Kavod makes us focus on, on ourselves. We just want to feel in charge. That's what the Masul Shisharim says. That was the root of Korach. In 17. You also wanted Kahuna. Because he saw it was the Rashi, Elit Safan. He comes with tainas. He comes with excuses. Remember the story of the Sifrei Torah and the Talesim. Right? There could have been good answers to that question. There could have been good answers. Right? Nobody, everybody, all the 250 men, they were all riled up. Yeah! Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. The whole talus is tcheles. Of course it doesn't need a string. Explains the Darki Musa of Naiman. What, what do you mean? Maybe the point is the contrast. Sometimes it's the contrast that brings out what we're supposed to remember. If it's all blue, then sometimes we don't we don't recognize blue. If you have the background of white, right? My focus we showing him how many strings are white: one, two, or four. Rambam one, Rivet two, Rashi and Tosas four. But either way, there's some white in there, so that could have been an answer. It can't be all blue. Right, or a, a Sefer Torah, a room full of Sefer Torah. Right, it doesn't need a mezuzah. Yeah, because the mezuzah, the Torahs aren't at the transition point. The transition point, the doorway is what needs protection, not the inside of the room. So there could have been answers, but you know what? When you're interested in kavod, we don't think straight. And we don't focus on what could be, in what could be. And says the Dark Yemusr, that's what destroyed. That's what destroyed Korach va'adaso, right? Haya line nineteen. Haya lo lahavin. She imbada Moshe satorim libo chas v'shalom imkain chacham ushoti is bnei Yisrael. I'm going to call him mitzvahs chacham gadol, right? And he would have had answers. Uh, line twenty-five. Ef shalomar tam l'sheilas shalom atalas shekula tchelas v'chulu says l'man tizkaru ukishakola veged b'tseva echad v'psil b'tseva acher harayashin yuzem askel adam. Right? Then I I, I recognize it. When the whole room is is full of Sifrei Torah also, it's not Nikar. So we have to recognize that we have to be happy in our spot. In terms of the positions that we have, and HaKadosh Baruch will take care of the covet. Right, called the, uh, right, they say the story that the, uh, the Misha tells us in Perkyavos, I think, right, that if anybody, uh, runs away from Kavid, then Kavid runs after them. Right, called a Barechman of Kavid, Kavid, uh, runs after them. So somebody wants to ask the Rebbe, you know, Rebbe, I don't understand, I'm running away from Kavid, why isn't it coming to me? So he says, yeah, I, you keep looking back. You keep looking back. 
Rav Moshe Feinstein didn't look back. Moshe Feinstein didn't look back. One of my kids recently asked me, like, how do you become the Gadolador? How do you become the Gadolador? Like, anybody vote you in? Right? You decide when you're younger. I want to be the Gadolador. I think that's what I'm going to be. No! If you think you want to become the Gadolador, then you're not going to become the Gadolador. The Gadolador just do their thing. And Klai Yisrael chooses them. And they run away from the Kavit. And the Kavit runs after them. And that's what Korach did not do, obviously. He was... Uh, he was the opposite. He was the opposite. Okay, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells them right at the beginning by Dabra al-Karach Pasakei Boker v'yodas Hashem is called Shalom. In the morning, Boker, then you're going to you're gonna know. What, what, what do you mean Boker? Why not right now? So Rashi quotes, he wanted to give them some time. Maybe he could convince them. Maybe he could get them to do tshuva. But it's interesting Lashon of Boker. Boker v'yoda es ashalo. What is the message of Boker? So if you look in the Rashi, Rashi tells us, Ata ishech v'sulan was late in the day, v'odachon l'haros l'fanav. No, he was trying to get them to do tshuva. But the Medrash, the Medrash tells us something else. Right, this is now in the source 18. Um, if you look on the top of the back page, there's a Medrash quoted. A different shot. Davar acher, we've quoted this in the past. Amr Moshe. Gvulos Chalak HaKadosh Baruch Hu Balamo. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has made borders in his worlds. Yicholam Atim La'ariv Yom Balayla. Could you, could you, uh, mix day and night? You can't mix day and night. Only Hashem can mix day and night. But Yerba Yvoker, but Yavdel Avokim in Armanachoshech. Hashem separated day and night. You know what? Hashem separated Aaron and everybody else. Vayibadel, vaAvdil eschem anamim liosli. The Kohanim are the Kohanim, the Leviim are the Leviim, and this is the Kohen Gadol. So Boker isn't just like Rashi says. There's another idea. Boker v'yoda Hashem is called Esar Shalo. Ba'av pasuk l'tayer es ha'hevdel bein Aaron ha'Kohen l'Korach v'Adaso. Asher hu kehevdel la'Ar v'Achoshech. Right, Ar v'Achoshech. That's like the choosing of Aaron amongst all the others. What's the message? What do you mean? You can't tell the difference between day and night. We can tell the difference between day and night. You look around. It's nighttime. Then it's daytime. It's so hard. It's so hard to know when Boker is and when Erev is. You just just look. You just look. Explains the Aish the Aish Tamid of Druk. It's not so easy. Because imagine, let's say you're up at the end of the night at dawn. At one at what seconds? Is it day? Is it light? It becomes obvious. But is there a moment in time? You know when it's not, you know when it's not, you know when it's not, and then you know when it is. But when's that moment? Right? Or, or what about afternoon? Let's say I didn't have a watch. How do I know when it goes from the morning to the afternoon? That's not so simple. Because that's, that's when, the, when, the, when the sun is right on, it's not right on top. It's hard to tell. We think we could tell, but if we think about it a little deeper, it's not so easy. Line 30. No one else. We might think it's still Boker, but it's not. And the opposite. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them. You think that you, you always know what the the distinctions are, you think you're so smart, Korach, you think there are some things that only Hashem knows. 
And we have to recognize that. Boker v'yoda, just like Hashem knows Boker v'erev, and He creates Boker v'erev, so too, ain't shum efsharut l'baser v'adam, ladas. Right? Havdala yom v'layla, right? So too, koanim yom v'layla and aranakohin. So don't start with the Kaddish Baruch Hu's, uh, system. We had another shot of this Medrash years ago, a different Be'er Yosef, you could review that, but um, that's this year's Trust Hashem's Distinctions. Okay, and finally, for the, the last thought of the, of the evening is from the Shemi Shmuel. Shemi Shmuel has a simple question. They come to Moshe and say, Moshe, no, we want more. We want more. We're not happy being Leviim. We want to be the Nesim. We want to be in charge. We want to be Kohanim. So the Shemi Shmuel says, Moshe says to them, right? What are you asking for Guna for? Answer Shemi Shmuel. Fascinating. Doesn't it make sense that they're already closer in? So they have more of a taiva. You know, I'm, I'm a Yisrael, so I'm going to be outside the base of Megdash. I'm not going to be shy after the Avoda. The Leviim are going to be in there playing trumpets and singing and, wor- and doing the gates. So they're going to be there. They're like, oh, come on, I want to do that. It makes a lot of sense that the closer you are, the more you taste it, you want to do more. So what is Moshe saying? That you're Vikashim Gam Kahuna. Adaraba. Yeah, yeah, dafka them, they're asking. Says the Shemi Shmuel, says the Shach HaChavar, quoting from the Noam Ali Melech. Lefarish. The Gemara tells us that if somebody is blind in one eye, he is putter from being Ola Regel, or bringing the Karbanos Re'iyah. Why? And this people might have heard already, but he quotes it. We need two eyes. What two eyes? Ein achas le'istakel le'zboni begablus Hashem yizbarach. Right? Some people call this Labatkin Navardik. But one eye to see the godless of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How awesome. V'ayin asheni l'eros b'shif l'zatzimon. The other one to keep myself down. Right? Adamel le'elyon anochi afar va'efer. Umishu sumah v'achas me'enav. If we're blind in one eye, then we're going to be off we're going to be missing half of what we need to feel in our avodah. Even if you have gavos Hashem, you have the first eye, but you're not going to hold yourself down. That's what he quotes from the normally mouth. We need two eyes. We need gavos habore and shiflos hanivra. So we need these two eyes to go have the experience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the base of Megdash. The Gemara says in Moed Katan, the Kohen Gadol, every day of his life, is Karegel. That's why the Kohen Gadol doesn't have Aninus, besides Avelus. Kohen Gadol b'chol yom u'eslo Karegel. U'kemosha b'regel mitzvah l'vol l'shachlos. On Yantif, as we just explained, you have to have both eyes to have the proper experience. The Kohen Gadol needs that. The Kohen Gadol needs this balance. Korach va'adaso. You don't have the balance. Remember that Allah we mentioned before? His eye was mata him. Ein o hitato. Korah had the gab, the, the gabos habore, but he had the gabos ha'adam. Right? Kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim. 
There was no shiftless. There was, there was no self-recognition. Aaron Cohen. How often did Aaron Cohen? Moshe has to go to Aaron. Aaron, come on. And Aaron's bosh. Aaron's misbayish. Aaron thinks I don't deserve it. I don't want to go. That's exactly why Aaron was chosen. Because Aaron had that shiftless atzmo. He had that defense mechanism that it's not me. It's not Magili. And that's why, right, you're, you're closer, but there's no way, says the Shemi Shmuel. Vikashem gam kahuna. You wanna, you wanna have kahuna? No. The fact that you're asking and you know no limits, that shows your pagam. Hefech midas aron. Shafilo ashenit stava yabosh lakarif. But that, you're mavakish. You know, that's wrong. We have to recognize what we should be asking for and what we should be uh, recognizing our position, right? Re- relating the last couple of thoughts, right? We have to recognize, you know, the cover that we need is self-confidence and self-worth, but not going beyond our means, not wishing to be somebody who we are not. That's what we learned a lot from Korach. Let us make sure that we recognize the godless ha'adam, the godless habore, but the relationship between those two. Okay, we'll stop here again next week. I don't know which night... It's going to be a busy, uh, busy week, but I'll bet I'll get the shear up at some point during the week, and then the weeks after that will be from uh, from America for a couple of weeks, uh, for six weeks, and then uh, we'll be back uh, in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, we'll stop here.